0: uh, 365, uh, depending on the vagaries of software and uh, and the suppliers thereof. For most of what we for most of what we use in in the way of our transmission software, normally you get these statements from the manufacturers to the effect that it's 99.5 percent effective until you do some math and realize that even at 99.5%, over the course of 365 days, 24 hours a day, uh, you're going to have downtime, probably as much as one or two days of accumulatively of, uh, hours of downtime. But it, it sure sounds good on paper, and, and you will have noticed by now, I'm sure, that every once in a while, uh, the loop, the radio loop, as we call it, may not be up and running that is dependent on uh internal software here and the ability of our outside provider to keep things going i bring this up because it came to my attention yesterday that the radio loop had for a period of time gone down i apologize for that however keep in mind that our podcast version of the show is available all the time. The only time you won't be able to access that, of course... Is when uh, the, the you, you don't have an internet connection. If you don't have an internet connection uh, wherever you are, if you don't, if you can't access uh, the World Wide Web, as it were, well, you're missing out on a number of things, not just center left radio. And uh, I hope with the new year, your connections and wherever you are picking us up from. Remain as secure as they possibly be and that you continue to enjoy us as we enjoy bringing center-left radio shows to you. This being the last of those for the year 2022, a, a rather fascinating year in terms of well, I guess the Biden administration getting things done that no one really anticipated it could—the uh, Build Back Better Bill, the uh, uh, the Defense of Marriage Act—the uh, uh, there was just a whole slew of things that got done despite. Uh, virtually uh, uniform opposition, certainly in the House from Republicans, uh, with some bipartisan activity in the Senate when it came to especially the, um, uh, the, the build-back sort of bills, the things that were needed and are needed for infrastructure and things of that nature. You got some cooperation in the Senate uh, and, and it was uh, surprising. Everybody has, has attributed much of the success that Joe Biden had uh, to, or, or it basically uh, used that success as one of the reasons that things didn't go off the rails as they most probably should have in the midterm elections, off the rails in the sense that Democrats uh, should have lost both houses both the House and the Senate, uh, given the inflation that was in place, the cost of gasoline, the the usual kitchen table, out-of-pocket sorts of things, and the reaction to the notion of one party having all control, which is kind of baked into our political system, and typically gives wide swings between... uh, between a presidential election at one point where that party has gotten the White House and both houses of Congress, and the next midterm election where the public sort of says, wait a minute, I'm thinking about taking this back. And uh, that was, given nothing else, the likely situation that we would have encountered this time around. But as we know... That ain't what happened. Uh, Yes, the Republicans did take back the House by a hair. Uh, Donald and the crazies that he supports uh, basically made sure that there would not be a a repeat of that uh, in the U.S. Senate. And in fact, what wound up happening is that the Democrats actually gained a senatorial seat when finally, in the end, Herschel Walker uh, did what he should have done from the very beginning, uh, conceded the race or, well, should have never gotten in it in the first place, but Donald liked him. And uh, that's why Herschel uh, became the candidate in Georgia, the state where it should have never wound up this way. Uh, at the state where Donald also faces, uh, a very likely, uh, criminal indictment for openly, blatantly, uh, based on, was this the, was this the conversation he referred to as the perfect phone call or was that the one with Zelensky that got him impeached? Uh, where he claimed that there was nothing wrong with saying to Raffesberger, the Secretary of State of the State of Georgia, uh, in reference to seeking 11,000-something additional, hey guys, come on, you got to find me 11,000-something votes. Hey, you know, this is serious. You've got to do this. There can be real consequences for you and your family if you don't do this. He said to Rathisberger, it's sitting there. It's screaming at you that this is a criminal attempt to basically throw an election. Any one of us, again, would probably have already been fitted for our jumpsuit on that one alone. But uh, we are in the midst of this, uh, with all the different investigations going on concerning Donald and his cronies, we are uh, still awaiting uh, who will, what will the first shoe be? What will the first indictment shoe sound like or look like when it finally drops? And I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing. I, I I don't know. I have no idea. I'm guessing the lowest hanging fruit would be somewhere on a tree that has both the uh, the Georgia uh, inter- election interference and the Mar-a-Lago documents case. Georgia simply because the intention is so clear. The capacity to prove intent, nefarious intent, is so obvious. Uh, in the election, in the documents case with Mar-a-Lago, the level of intention is less, uh, less necessary, or proving it is less necessary. It's merely the possession, knowing possession of these documents is enough to trigger the three different statutes. Uh, that basically would be triggered here including espionage and which would include within the capacity of the court uh, the court's uh, ultimate sentencing to keep donald trump from ever running for public office in the united states ever 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 Uh, of course all that could be reversed by a republican president um, uh p-r-e-s president uh, uh, just basically making it all go away a la what happened with Flynn and uh, and uh, Roger Stone and uh, and Paul Manafort, <laughs> all of whom were being prosecuted for crimes involved uh, with uh, basically doing stuff for, for Trump and, and associating that with Russia at the time. Uh, people seem to forget all of this going on, all of this ugliness, all of this stupidity, all of this craziness that went with the Trump administration. And, and, and I, I guess this willingness or this capacity to believe anyone or anything that fits your particular bloated mindset or, or that fits into the fantasy world that you live in a capacity to do anything that sort of works and 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 this is a this is a funny kind of a thing for federal prosecutors because basically when you're trying to prove intent on the part of a uh, of of a of a, of a, of a uh, 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 basically someone who you're accusing of a crime of the accused you have to really You can't have a gray area. Well, you know, he sort of believed in the craziness that he was doing. That doesn't necessarily work with a jury. Intent is what's required. Um, In the case of the Mar-a-Lago documents, it's a little easier. In the case of the uh, intention to, uh, or to disrupt an official proceeding, one of the four referrals uh, from, the 9-11, from the January 6th committee, there's a lower bar there also. But, the, but some of the worst charges against Donald, any one of those, by the way, would put him in a jumpsuit. the the non-intentional, the non-super-clarified intentional ones would put him in a jumpsuit. But I think that the the federal prosecutors, the uh, Merrick Garland, and then the state prosecutors, especially in the state of Georgia right now, want to make sure that this thing is so damned bloody airtight that there's no chance in hell that an incomp and a, a relatively incompetent Trump attorney could possibly get to a jury sufficiently and make it not stick that that's the big thing I th- I think I see happening right now and also the perceptions that would be uh, the American people would have about the politicization of all this, when it would happen, how it would happen, and so on and so forth. So we're, we're still in the middle of all that. What we're not in the, well, what we're in the middle of, but what, what, what's happening, what is actually uh, evolving before our eyes is the fact that uh, Republicans will, in fact, take over control of the House of Representatives Come, uh, I guess. Uh, what's the What's the starting date for them? Is it Is it January 3rd or 6th? I forget what the swearing-in day would be. the The Republicans were just told that. Uh, <laughs> just to give you an idea of how anxious they are to start uh, setting up committees. The The, the, the uh, Jim Jordan is the head of the Judiciary Committee. I mean. God help us, but okay, th- this is what's about to happen. And they were just told by, I think, uh, who was, who would have told them this? I guess council... To the, to the president or someone, some legal source told them, no, you can't simply on day one start doing everything you've been talking about during this lame duck period. You actually have to wait to submit your request to begin oversight and do all of these committees that you want to set up to basically start getting at the libs. Uh, you actually have to go ahead and submit that again once you've been sworn in so so hold your horses it's a small thing but you get the 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 sense of the chafing at the bit that the Republicans have and I I, I would want to use a word like it's understandable but it's not it's 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 childish it's it's get evenness. It is the antithesis of what you're supposed to be doing if you are a majority party in one of the two houses of Congress because you're supposed to be responsible for generating legislation. That's your job. The case of oversight, basically, and the committees required to do that are something that should be basically for important type stuff, say, oh, I don't know, uh, the insurrection against the United States that happened on January 6th, its causes, its effects, and those who were involved, and seeing that that information is well uh, received and taken and all of the documentation and all of the affidavits and all of the interviews finds its way to the Justice Department, because ultimately the committee has shown, through the four criminal referrals that it's put out there that crimes were in all likelihood committed, but it will remain for the Department of Justice, basically, to begin the actual prosecution of those. Well, for, for, the, for the Republicans, this is an insufferable sort of an outcome uh, on, on two levels. First, because the system worked the way it was supposed to work. Republicans under Trump don't want the system to work in any way except the way they want it to work in order to basically cause pain, and most of that pain being political and embarrassment and dredging up BS and other things. That's how the system is supposed to work. When it works elegantly, when it works exquisitely, when it actually collects and and disseminates the information and works within the confines of what a committee was told it was, what basically its congressional mandate was, as the January 6th committee has, it is probably, many are saying, the most, the single most successful and the single most productive committee very possibly in the history of the modern era in this country. Uh, basically more effective, many would claim, than even the uh, the committee that basically investigated uh, Richard Nixon, the Watergate committee. Uh, granted, with Watergate, the ultimate result was that Nixon resigned. And I suppose that... And if he hadn't, he was aware of the fact that he was going to be flat-out impeached. He would wind up uh, out of office one way or the other. This is back in a time where the activities of a president that had gone off the rails and had gone off the reservation, pardon the, the, uh, the cultural reference there, basically was intolerable to all sides, Republicans and Democrats alike. Uh, that clearly is not the case now. Republicans have demonstrated that they don't have any particular loyalty to the country; they only have a loyalty to a cult of Donald. And if something is hurting Donald, they will hurt whatever it is that is hurting Donald. So, so that leaves us where we are right now in terms of what Jim Jordan and other committee chairs have in mind going forward. And you've heard, you've heard the laundry. They're they're going to investigate Hunter Biden. They're going to investigate everything about pulling out of Afghanistan a year ago. They're going to, let's see, what are they up to? Uh, They're going to um, reinvestigate the January 6th committee. They're going to investigate everything that happened relative to the creation of the vaccines that we got for COVID. They're going to basically do everything and anything they can to basically elevate, they're going to redredge up the dredge up the past with the very specific intent of embarrassing, Joe Biden. Oh and by the way, of course, Hunt, well besides Hunter Biden, there there's talk of, of of somehow finding impeachable material. They'll this will all suddenly come about that would basically uh, go after Joe Biden and maybe we can begin an impeachment of Joe Biden. Well, you know you got to do this, don't you folks? I mean, if we did something wrong, the other side well, they they have to pay for it. My sin your penalty. If, I, if, if you've come after me for something, I've got to get even with you. It does not matter that I don't have a leg to stand on, that it's completely politicized. That's not relevant. It's certainly not relevant to Republicans. We have to protect Donald. We have to pander to the base. It's the only way we're going to keep this going. And we're doing it with an infinitely small margin in the House, a very small margin, much smaller than the margin that the, that the Democrats had, and that margin was thought to be very small. Uh, right now, I believe the total difference in seats will be six, five, it's under t- I think it's five or six seats. And even that looks like it might get smaller uh, in a very big hurry the the entire house loss can be summed up by losses in unexpected losses or losses that i feel one would not normally associate with a particular state that's new york yeah right here and right where right near where i'm sitting we have a new congressperson in a redrawn district and the district only had 30% of the old district in it, so that basically it was not so much, well, according to the courts, it wasn't gerrymandered technically, but it was a largely republicanized district. Uh, and what had been a democratic uh, district for, for forever uh, wound up having now a republican representative, and this happened in three or four other districts out in Long Island. One of them involved a guy by the name of Santos. What's his first, was it George? I don't, I, I don't know what his first, I forget his, his first name. And he won, not quite a nail biter, by a few points over his, uh, his Democratic rival. Again, in an area where one might have expected that a Democrat would have had a good shot at, uh, at holding the seat. Well, you've probably heard by now that Mr. Santos lied through his teeth. I mean, just, just lied his ass off about everything that had to do with his background. He lied about his education. He said he had gotten a college degree from, I don't know, Baruch or someplace else. He lied about his higher education after that. He lied about the nature of his job background. He lied about his religious affiliate. He lied about being a Jew. He lied about, it just, he lied and lied and lied, which politicians do a lot. The trouble is he put it on the federal form that politicians have to submit in connection with getting their uh, campaigns rolling, that is a problem because lying on that form, blatantly lying, not just like cheating a little bit on your taxes lying, but out and out, 100% inventing a different life than the one that he had. That is problematic. That is something that will get investigation. And we have federal investigators, certainly congressional investigators, but we have federal investigators looking at this right now. Now now here's the problem this presents for Republicans. The big thing that was pointed up about January what the January 6th committee did was show how much crazy information, how much wackiness was free-flowing to Donald Trump, who, while he was still yelling and screaming that he had won the election, knowing that he hadn't, there had been 61 lawsuits, he lost every single one of them. His attorneys just may have mentioned that to him at some point. And I don't care how much he wanted to win and how much he wanted to be president, you have to weigh that against the reality that 61 courts, including the Supreme Court, on which his three appointees were already sitting, basically the, court, the, the Supreme Court refused to hear the cases that Rudy Giuliani and other wackaberrys were basically trying to bring. And they did that three or four times, as I recall. This this basically is a situation where clearly a lie is something that no, no matter how big a lie it is, you keep looking for ways to, to to preserve it. Now, that means that you're open to lies in many other ways. When your entire political and other future... Is based on the preservation of a lie. In this case, that there was cheating in the election and that there was enough of it that basically the election should have been Donald's. When, when you're living that way, you are open to all sorts of other lies that might either fit your agenda, fit that idea, or basically support the notion that the first lie is valid. Donald has never stopped bullshitting his way about uh, winning the election, uh, despite the fact that every indication to the contrary is what is out there right now. And, And people know this from the January 6th committee findings people know this from everything about what donald has done granted it may be stuff that's not making its way down to the republican the maga crazy base to the to the meat you know to the meat eaters down there to the raw meat people that basically no matter what donald is wonderful blah 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 but this is the reality that basically flavored the outcome of the midterm elections and you add to that this guy Santos now who is in total violation of the, the documentation that he's generated for purposes of, of, of getting on the ballot. And that makes his election a fraud. It makes it very interesting to figure out where the money to keep this guy's campaign going was coming from. It, 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 it leaves open investig- an investigata- investigatory uh, alleyway, a pathway, that will affect the entire New York Republican delegation in the southeast part of the state, certainly, and to figure out how all of this came to pass. Now, you have Kevin McCarthy, who is by no means at this point guaranteed that he will become Speaker of the House after the new House is sworn in. That still seems to be iffy. And not saying a damned word about this guy Santos. The Santos story is slathered all over the media, every place. Even even the most diehard Trumpians are aware of this. Where do you go? This guy, either either he quits now... He can quit before he basically comes, uh, you know, before the time for swearing in would be. And by the way, the result of all this would be this, that his opponent would, 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 uh, would win. If he, if he were to drop out, uh, it's not as though there'll be an appointment of another Republican. No, the Democratic opponent uh, of Santos would basically take the seat should he drop out at this point. I think what the Republicans are going for with what somehow um, I think what 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 uh, you know the, the the Republican leadership in the House is thinking, and this is this is crazy when you think about it. We're going to seat the guy, then we'll basically get him to resign, and at that point we'll replace him. But you, you can't guarantee that would be a Republican because we have a Democratic uh, a democratic Governor. Usually it's a governor who's involved in replacing uh, a, a representative or a senator in the Congress. So that ploy won't work. Uh, that means that Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans face the rather embarrassing and stupid situation of having to force a known liar, or permit a known liar to swear in as a representative, as a member of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives, knowing full well that he has zero credibility, knowing full well that he lied like crazy, knowing that they've said nothing about this guy, and they have between now and, I don't know, what is it, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, to decide what to do with him. If you allow this guy to swear in you basically have just added another ton of material to the Democratic arsenal to prove basically that you are incapable of governing. That you govern out of, out of fear, that you basically are just out to get whatever you can get. You are in it for power, there's nothing, there's no morals, there's no basis for anything. We are simply pandering to the base and we need every vote we can. We don't care if they're liars, we don't care if they're incompetent. We don't care if they don't exist in the real world. We don't care if they lied about everything on their resume. We want anyone and anything. We At any price, at any cost, that's who we are. And that's what the Republicans stand to reinforce in the minds of the American people if this guy, Santos, is sworn in. And my guess, as I, as I sit here right now, is that that's probably what they're going to allow to happen. Uh, you, rationalizing it by saying our base expects us to do that. Can you imagine that? But, but that's the deal. That's the deal. The base does expect no matter what. We want the numbers because we live in grievance. We still live loving Donald. We still are living in the fantasy world that somehow we will undo not, not build America. We will undo all the lib horror. We're not sure even what that lib's horror is. It's, it'll be defined for us. Don't worry. Donald will probably tell us what we're supposed to be angry and grievance and grievance ridden about. We probably have a strong set of it right now, anyway, in ours. And that's what we have to do. We have to get even. We have to basically take apart. We have to. We have to prove that whatever it is that the libs stand for, we don't. And none of this has any. Bearing on governance in the country. It's simply about preserving our power, keeping our fantasy going, and reminding the American people all the more that we are not capable of functioning as a governing group. And we will carry this right out to 2024 at the way it looks right now, with the likelihood that Donald might actually be our candidate again. The loss will be massive and the anger and the disappointment will be all the more. And it's a question how all of that ultimately plays out. Um, it's, It's fascinating. It's just nothing short of fascinating. The Republicans have set something in motion that's just going to have to play itself out. And of course, all of this changes every with every possible day uh, that, uh, or every with every announcement. And you'll start hearing them that a uh, an indictment of Donald may be in the offing, and all and everybody's scrambling, all the cockroaches scrambling to figure what's the safest corner under which under which baseboard should I be hiding at this point, or who can I blame for this one, or where does it go, or who will blame me? Without a thought to what it is that their job really is, and that is doing the legislative work of the people of the United States on behalf of all the people in the United States. That's out of the question for these people. And it's uh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. Um, I am convinced that the Democrats are, I hope, they're prepared for what for the likelihood of all of this, of all the onslaughts. I I gather they're prepared to react or respond to all of the stupidity that will be thrown at them. But we have to wait and see. Uh, that's why they play the games. Uh, we're going to be discussing a little more of this, I have no doubt, uh, in the second half of our show. And here we are in the, on our last show of, uh, of 2022. We've got David Bach coming along in just a few minutes as well. So uh, I think this would be a perfectly reasonable time uh, to take a break. And we'll be back in just a little bit with David. Um, and uh, we'll do that after a little more jazz. Yeah, you know what's at stake, and I know. We all know. We can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. And you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio. One word centerlefttalkradio.com it is our final show of 2022 and that makes me all the more pleased to be able to begin the second half of the show with those famous words that invariably produce uh some pretty good radio uh david what's on your mind
1: uh well there's a lot you have um a lot of different things going on to end the year. So uh first you can find me at twitch.tv slash fresh faces new ideas, or more likely you can find me on Twitter at Faces Ideas. Um Let's see. So the year's over. Um, and we're about to enter a very strange time in American politics. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It is we're about to see what happens when the Republicans have a razor-thin razor margin and their crazies are in control. Um, the uh, well put, yeah. <laughs> and this is including George Santos, who literally every day turns out he lied about some other massively ridiculous thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's essentially everything on his campaign. He has also apparently lied about when his mother died. Really? Uh, <laughs> yes. He uh, said she died both. On 9-11 and then sometime in December, um, he has said uh, he may have lied about whether he survived brain surgery or brain cancer uh, about when
0: he had COVID and um, whether he's black or not. I I, I think this guy is at some point... I feel as though he's so fake and so non-existent that at some point we're gonna—he's gonna be interviewed on TV and he's just going to disappear, evaporate because he doesn't actually exist. But you know, but the problem that this presents for the Repu- well, you you can say this better than I can. What is what is the problem that he presents for the Republicans in the House and the Republicans generally?
1: Well, in the House, nothing. Like, but let's be clear they're not going to not seat him because
0: they they need him like, well that, that that's a problem I I see yes. that as a problem it's it's not a problem for the base because the base is all crazy and the base drinks whatever flavor kool-aid comes out that day but but for the for the ability to win elections for their ability to function as a party in America as for their ability to capture the 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 Uh, the independent vote which is the difference in in our elections these days what does that spell
1: ideally a problem because um it this would very much show that they really don't care like let's 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 break some of these things down to some extent every politician lies yeah Um, oh yeah they then these lies vary um they you know i'll you know lower your taxes i'll raise taxes on the bridge i'll fight for medicare for all you know policy right. stuff right, or, right 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 you know sometimes they'll they'll like pretend to be buddy buddy and not who they are um or they'll like like joe biden like this is the this is where it breaks down because joe biden has made has lied about things absolutely yeah um, they're not equivalency this man essentially made everything up about himself yeah. um and the idea that somebody this brazen could be part of your party, with it it just shows it's about power. And it's very rare that he will actually, like, be taken seriously should he be seated, or um, especially if they give him a committee seat. But, like, this is par for the course. They're not going to not get rid of him because, first off, this is why I'm talking about January 3rd being important because we don't know who this speaker's going to be. It's probably not going to be McCarthy.
0: Um, You're hearing was, that more and more too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know who else it's
1: going to be. Do. I don't know who gets the 218. Um, and if it is McCarthy, he's not going to last long because the only way he's going to have it is if they have the ability to challenge and remove him from that position. And in that case, if he hasn't impeached Joe Biden by the second week of February for not starving babies hard enough or giving too much money to in a, a a gay
0: trans show on on anything for anything at all yeah yeah
1: they will they'll
0: vote him out yeah they'll vote him out yeah so it's not a um you raise an interesting point though the process of voting out a speaker is that also a majority of the house required for that in other words would it take just a handful of democrats to bring it up and then if the if the uh, of Republicans to bring it up, and then if the Democrats hung together, basically he'd be gone. Or is it is it more of a committee thing? How how does that vote work? I don't know. And I'm I'm just throwing it at you. I I, I honestly yeah. I, I, the little I've seen about it, I think either
1: side can bring it up, and then I'm not sure what the yeah. Are. I, I got to check I'm that. I'm sure out. as soon as um as soon as January first shows up, they'll start talking about it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if it looks likely, or if he he gets into speaker, because let's be clear, if he gets speaker, we're going to see some truly wacky shit over the first like week or so. Oh, yeah. While they, they because look, they're obsessed with Hunter Biden's laptop, and it's going to be very funny of them chasing this tail and nothing happens. But the real thing to focus on is Nancy Pelosi had a similar, if not smaller, margin in the House,
0: and they passed a lot of stuff. Yeah. We're not going to see that from the Republicans. No, they don't have that like, capacity. No, no. And they're not they're interested not even, in doing anything.
1: Not even their messaging bills are we really going to see pass. Because the ones who are going to push the most hard-line messaging bills aren't going to be able to, to rally the people to the middle. And you're not going to get Dems to pass over on some of these. I mean, you might get, like, Henry Cuellar and uh, and Josh Gottheimer um, over on a couple. yeah it's not going to be like that's that's really what the the best outcome for this is the fact that their minority majority is so small that they don't have the the leverage the the wiggle room in order to pass any type of legislation whether it's consequential or whether it is um or uh, messaging bills. That's we care. Nothing they pass that is part of their agenda is going to pass in the Senate. Um, I
0: I would be I would be looking forward to the opportunity to say every, at every opportunity when the Republicans are saying something. When I get up to rebut, you know, when I get to take the floor as a Democrat, I would say, Well, how can we believe anything you say or what you say you're going to do? For God's sake, you seated Santos. That's exactly how I would proceed it. I'd say it that way again and again and again. A guy who we know is lying, and you embrace him. How can we believe anything you're saying? Uh, you know, just, just a thought. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, the, he's the most like recent version. It's not like Marjita Green is a... Uh, um... Stable of uh, truth telling.
0: I'd love to to see her resume. That'd be interesting, or what she filed with the federal elections commissions. You know, that'd be interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it would also be interesting to see how they respond to a lot of these January sixth stuff, especially as more of it comes out, tying Mark Meadows, different people. Um, We actually, I believe, the Ray Epps ones are coming out soon, so that'll be interesting to see how they uh, respond to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, It'll be, uh, especially since they're probably going to defend it. Yeah. and as, as Donald Trump loses more power, and they still cling on to this, it'll be very interesting to see how uh, how they respond to a lot of this because it's it, it's not a popular position to defend the January six people. Speaking of which, um, very briefly, uh, Chaya Rachik came out. Uh, she did a face reveal on Tuck Carlson. Uh-huh. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Chaya Rachik runs lives a TikTok. Um, yeah, she
0: is essentially a terrorist. Um. <laughs> Yeah. No, this is Yeah, no, no, no. I I, I'm I'm laughing because I it's essentially true.
1: She um this is not just because uh she, you know, just post pictures of libs. Like every time I respond to her, that's what her defender said. That's not what she does. She she had a conversation with a with somebody who wouldn't know the answers to something on in with the Boston at the Boston's children's hospital. Yeah, lied about it lied about what they do there, just call you mutilation and destroy your children, and the end result was multiple bomb threats to that hospital.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That weren't happening prior to her doing that. You can tie, I think there's been like 33 major bomb threats based on LGBTQ people. At least five of them you can tie directly to things she has tweeted about about that area, which, I don't know, seems like a lot of things to be tied to the terrorist act. Yeah. um, But... You know what do I know? I'm just a guy who passes inside incited terrorism. (laughs) Indeed. Oh, oh, but the reason I was talking about is she was at (laughs) January 6th, which is just of course it is because the people who got away from that just kind of crawl back in to be these worst influencers. Yeah, yeah. It is truly like. Unbelievable how how bad she is. I I cannot express enough how how awful. Um, But yeah, no, this is... It's going to be
0: certainly exciting. It will not be productive. That's the best way to describe it. So it'll be a show. In in other words, just like... Using borrowing from the Donald playbook, essentially, you can lie your ass off, all you have to do is make sure that the cameras show up to see you doing it, be angry at the libs, and that's all that you need, because all you're talking to is the base, you're not talking to America, you're talking to the base, you don't take yourself seriously as a legislator or legislators, you don't see your obligation to the country, you see simply the need to preserve your own capacity to be, to remain in power. And you have to also imagine that no one notices that that's what you're doing. I, I gather. You know, that, that's my look at it.
1: Yeah. If, if anyone... I mean, even if they notice, they have to care. And that's the spotlight. A lot of this is going to come down to messaging. Who does better
0: at messaging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the next uh, so let, couple of years. Well, let, let, let's half- say... Let's say now... Let's follow your thought process. Let's say that uh, McCarthy, in a, in a rare fit of rationality, I mean, he showed one just after January 6th when he got on the floor and denounced Trump and said, you're the reason, before he went down and kissed his ring in Mar-a-Lago. But let's say that McCarthy does not fulfill their expect- expectations, the crazy's expectations. Let's say that he's elected uh, speaker on whatever ballot, and it includes the "we can vote you out," we can take a vote against you. And let's say it's raised. No, you haven't been crazy enough, fast enough. And a vote is taken, and suddenly he's out. Who, who, or what comes in? Could a Democrat take over? Is it humanly possible?
1: I, I, I don't know. Um,
0: I think so. That's my understanding. So, certainly, by the rules of the house, it could happen.
1: Right. My my understanding is whoever has the majority in the chamber at that point seems to have the gavel. So there will certainly be days where it happens. Um, But I, as an actual split, I don't know who they would vote for because you need at at least. I don't think five Democrat, five Republicans are going to vote for. Um, what is it, the, the Hakeem Jeffries?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, there could be a point where that would happen. That would truly be. I, I think if that happened, if that would probably just end the Republican Party.
0: If well, there was a it, the re- the reason I bring this up, David, is because i i I've I've, I've I've heard this I've heard this before. I've heard one or two people present the same scenario. But here is an extension of that scenario. Let's say, out of pure emotion and pure desire to grandstand and you know, and gaslight, whatever you want to call it, the Republican crazies are able to bring a motion to basically have a vote of no confidence against Kevin McCarthy. Let's say all the Democrats go along with it. Let's say a majority of the House therefore takes him out. But there's no one to replace him. So you have a lame duck speaker who's already been voted out, and the Republicans have no way of replacing him. And that, to me, would be the kiss of death. Well, I, well, there have been so many kisses of death already for the Republican Party. But that would be, in a practical sense, uh, it, it would be a joke. It would be ridiculous. Uh, and, and they would have, you know, and, I, and, and, then, and then the knives come out and everybody attacks everybody else. And uh, in the end, they have to put a Democrat in because it's all that's left standing. I, I, I don't I, I don't know. I'm 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 putting a wild scenario out there, but I can imagine it.
1: Yeah. Um I mean it'll also be interesting how many times we're probably headed for a record number of government shutdowns. We're probably heading toward a fiscal flip, cliff in twenty twenty three.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um and it's going to be painfully obvious who is responsible for
0: those. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: they're not gonna be able to lie their way the way out of this. Um
0: so we'll see. Yeah. It should be interesting. Um, what do you think of the conclusions and the effectiveness of the January sixth committee? Uh, do, are you are you relatively? I don't know. On a, on a on a one to ten scale, how did they do?
1: I thought the the actual hearings were really effective. Yeah. Um, I wish we had done a little bit more going after, like not just saying this is. Donald Trump is the only person responsible for this. I think it would have been a little better to directly go after some of these members of Congress who seem to have uh done this. Yeah. Um I I think it, it would have been clearer to see what exactly they were doing with the Justice Department, because the Justice Department do- is doing things. It's not like they're not. Um I I think I would have been I, I would have liked, especially as the dumps happened to be covered in the way that the like the, um, the transcripts coming out are covered more and make it more off because they've done like two dozen transcripts and I don't know that much about most of them.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I
1: wish it got more coverage where they did a better job of explaining what's in each of these transcripts because similar, if you if you don't do that, it allows for empty space and that empty space can be filled by just people making
0: shit it. On- yeah, and that's usually what seems to happen. I, I've, I've heard two, two knocks against the committee. I, and, and first of all, I, I, I give them huge kudos for the way they've conducted this, for the hearings, for the body of evidence, for the number of people they've been able to pull in, for the fact that they've basically been interviewing nothing but the people who were in some level of orbit around Donald. So that, that, that to me, is a huge, a huge plus to them. The, 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 two, the two knocks... The bigger of the two is the fact that uh, I've heard people claiming that there just isn't um, enough in the way of corrective measures that have been recommended by the committee in terms of how to prevent a January 6th from happening again. Uh, There should have been more in there to basically uh insulate the government from uh, things along that line that's the first one that there's not enough corrective activity and the second one basically being that uh, they they've basically leapfrogged the Department of Justice and took their prerogative but the other side of that winds up being well there's never been a committee that's produced information as thoroughly and 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 as as you know, Concretely, as this committee has, the, the the Department of Justice normally likes to do its own witness interviews and everything else. It wants to ensure that any case that it's going to bring later on uh, is essentially set up the way it wants to set it up for purposes of prosecution. It doesn't necessarily want to pick up information that's coming from uh, the, uh, the the committee uh, on the other side. It doesn't want to be saddled with that, but. Then the the counter to that is, well, but many of the people, many of the lawyers that have been on the committee are former uh, U.S. prosecutors, so they've been setting it up that way. Those are the two biggies. That, you know, you're, you're, you're stepping on DOJ's prerogatives, but I think there's an answer to that. And the other one, you haven't done enough to prevent this from happening in the future, if that was a reasonable expectation. I don't know if that was your expectation. I'm not sure how you stop it short of the prosecutions that have to come on the back end. What's your thought on that?
1: I, I don't know that the committee could have stopped what happened without proposing actual substantial changes to like things they don't have control of. yeah because a lot of it yeah. had to do with simply the president and the entire party deciding that it was time to lie and make shit up and that led to violence because you have to remember and this is something that the committee did a uh, pretty good job of was january 6th wasn't the um wasn't the beginning and the end right of the, uh, right right of the right, right january 6th was the last violent gas to overthrow the election but it wasn't the be all end all of what happened
0: good point and, very
1: good point and uh without you know recognizing that and seeing where the systemic failures is i don't know what the community is um it appears they patched the uh um the electoral count act in this this bill which is good um But you cannot—I mean, all of it becomes irrelevant if the Supreme Court uh, rules that uh, the states can just do what
0: they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it comes down to intention, doesn't it? It it comes down to a willingness to actually govern on behalf of the country, on behalf of people. It it comes down to having some ethical uh, foundation— other than simply, I, I hold power, you don't, and we don't even have to pretend that there's a fiction out there that we're doing this on behalf of all Americans or on behalf of the country. If, if power and a power grab becomes all that this is about, then essentially it's another way to sink a democracy, but right now we're, I guess, part of the American experiment, the, 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 the new part of it that we've never been in before, but this is, this is a, the, the most recent test of our liberal democracy, our 240-year-old liberal democracy here, is what happens when the guy at the top, the person at the top, basically turns on the system or completely reneges on his or her responsibility to protect the Constitution? What happens to the system? How does the system respond? And we've never had to face it. Even with the Civil War, it really wasn't that. It It was a different set of dynamics here the guy at the top has essentially said i don't give a shit about the system or anything else It's my power and we're figuring out how it works what i'm seeing is it has to, the courts are the first line and if the supreme court then takes the courts out of the equation for protecting the sanctity of elections that it could be a purely political thing with a state legislature um we're in deep shit you know that, that's how i see it you know but David, I think we're gonna we're gonna basically wish each other happy new year at this point, and we're going to uh, keep uh, keep all keep our eye on all this. For the simple reason that, uh, as uh, as I've said so many times, you and I sitting here on air, this is why they play the games. This is this is why we have things not just for the sake of filling up airtime and talking, but because this is stuff that needs to be discussed, that people near to he- need to hear about, that rational members of this democracy need to be able to consider. You have to get past the silo mentality and the silo information that seems to be the the way most people are being fed information these days and hopefully center-left radio continues to be an alternative to that and hopefully um, what we're doing becomes uh, not alternative but maybe the way people do eventually get information but that would get us into the whole area of social media and how that's done and and that's for shows as we start getting into the new year so i wish you my friend uh, the happiest of new years to you and your family and uh, I look forward to uh, us keeping this up uh, as the new year uh, rolls around and moves forward. And, and, and in the meanwhile, where else can people find you?
1: Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv freshfacesnewideas and Twitter
0: adfacesideas. That's where people should be looking. Uh, A a very happy new year to all of our listeners, and a uh, uh, a final opportunity in 2022 to end a show, uh, very much as we've ended them uh, throughout the year and throughout the years. It's time for a little more jazz. Listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of Hope Politics and Jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Uh, pandering to the base is what the Republicans are good at, and you're going to be seeing a lot of that coming uh, in the next week or so as they take over the House. But that pandering can never replace governing. It can never replace finding a way to move the American experiment forward. And it's becoming so obvious that the Republican Party is incapable of that as currently structured.